Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast. And Mike, we really appreciate you joining us as always, man. It's finally game week. How you doing? Yeah, people talk about Christmas being the best time of year. No, sir. I, I think it's right now when college football gets here, so I'm fired up. I know you are, I know we are, and I know that the SEC is going to be fired up this weekend as well. And, you know, Arkansas and Cincinnati, we'll get to that game in a little bit. And Oregon and Georgia is going to be another game that's really looked at. But those are the only two top 25 matchups that you have really going on in the SEC. But just what some of the games that are standing out to you that maybe people aren't talking about? What's the SEC game and matchup you think that should be a lot more intriguing than maybe not enough people are recognizing yet? Well... I don't know if this hits on your second point because there are quite a people, quite a lot of people talking about it. But uh, Utah at Florida, I think, is to me is the most intriguing game on the SEC slate this weekend. Utah's a top ten team. Florida's unranked, so maybe it doesn't quite have that billing of, of being two top twenty five teams. But you know, I think uh, there's an excellent chance. I'm, I'm not ready to outright predict it, but I do think there's an excellent chance that Florida holds the the home field and beats Utah. I think you're seeing Utah be a popular playoff pick, but I think that really has a lot more to do with their path to the college football playoff playing in the Pac-12. I do not think that has anything to do with them being an elite team. And truly, their toughest obstacle to get into the playoff may be a road trip to Florida. And I think that, no disrespect to Florida, but I think that says all you need to know about how tough Utah's path is couple other highly ranked teams you have Oregon taking on Georgia in the Mercedes in Mercedes-Benz Stadium now with Dan Lanning being Oregon's coach do they have any chance against Georgia no I don't think so Joe and now maybe if there was not a coaching turnover maybe if uh, they had you know no disrespect to Bo Nix I mean at times Bo Nix is spectacular but far more often he's not and he's just very very inconsistent SEC fans Arkansas fans know uh, very well I mean he he spikes the ball backwards, for goodness sake. So I don't have a, a ton of confidence in Bo Nix and this offense to generate much against Georgia's defense, even if it is retooled. I don't think this game is, is going to be much of a contest. Now, it could be dead wrong because I'm still, you know, I'm not one of these people that thinks Stetson Bennett's a, a top 10 quarterback in the country. I've seen other people have him as high as top five. So, you know, I, I don't think they can win a ton of shootouts with Stetson Bennett. But uh, will complacency set in for Georgia? I think the fact that they are opening against a team that is in the top 15, it's going to be hard to be complacent going into this matchup. So I, I think Georgia rolls. I'm going to ask this question. I think I even know the answer to it, but I want your thought on it. You mentioned Utah and Florida. You mentioned Oregon and Georgia. What would be a bigger surprise, Florida beating Utah or Oregon beating Georgia? Oregon beating Georgia, because I, I just don't see <laughs> But like, it, it, but, in that, but isn't that funny that you're talking about a team that's 11th ranked beating a number three team compared to a team that's not ranked beating number seven, and that team that's ranked would be the bigger surprise. Yeah, well, that goes to show you what I think of these rankings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't put it. They are fun to talk about. They give us something to, to complain about or or brag about. But uh, I, I put virtually no thought into the preseason rankings. To be honest with you. How about Arkansas-Cincinnati? That's another one. There are quite a few intriguing games on the schedule this year, and especially this opening weekend. But Arkansas-Cincinnati, you have top 25 teams going at it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, and I get it. Cincinnati, again, we got a basically the same deal as uh, Utah there. Easy pass to the playoff last year. Had they played in the SEC West, they probably would have been the sixth, maybe the seventh best team in that league. So I don't have a ton of respect for Cincinnati. They lost a ton. Uh, I think they're going to get steamrolled in this game. Now, they may come out and have a fight. They may have a chip on their shoulder. But uh, I don't think they stand any chance of beating Arkansas in Razorback Stadium. I'm already on record. I think Arkansas is going to pile up 200-plus on the ground, 200-plus in the air. I don't think Cincinnati's defense has got a prayer in this one. So is that more just about how good you think Arkansas is, or is that more about you think Cincinnati is not as good as what people think? I mean, I think it's both. I think Arkansas, I'm on record, I think they're the second-best team in the West. So you're talking top five, top ten team. And in Cincinnati, I don't think they have any business being ranked. And this game's in uh, Razorback Stadium. So, yeah, again, this, is, this will be a bigger upset in my mind than, than Oregon beat Georgia. And Mississippi State looks to get some revenge against Memphis. They lost to them last year, and now they get a chance to host them at home. So you're talking about another game where uh, there's some expectations for Mississippi State, and then we know that Memphis, they can play up to uh, Power 5 schools whenever they're met with that challenge. Yeah, that, that was Mike Leach in the background, if you could hear him barking. But, uh, yeah, you know, Mississippi State, I'm very high on Mississippi State. I think they could be an excellent team. But this is, this is what Mike Leach does. I mean, during his history, doesn't matter where he's at, they've been known to, to drop a game they shouldn't. You, Memphis, you, you referenced last year losing to Memphis. I'm not sitting here saying they're going to lose to Memphis, but it wouldn't stun me. I do think Mississippi State, going back to, to my thoughts on the preseason rankings, I think Mississippi State right now should be ranked not even in, in the top 25, but in the top 20. Uh, I think the Bulldogs should win this game, but again, would not be stunned at all. If, if by some miracle Memphis wins this game, they do have a, a really good quarterback and their coaches. Uh, he's only been there, I think, this is his third season, but he's got a really uh, a good record there at Memphis. So this is not one that Mississippi State can just show up and, and beat Memphis. I, th- I think they got to play a, a good game to, to win it. You know, a game that probably would be considered the college football game of the year just about 10 years ago, Florida and LSU, Florida State and LSU are facing off on Sunday. And LSU's actually favored in this one by three. But not only do you, what do you make of this game, but what do you make of the strategy of Brian Kelly? You know, saying that, eh, I know who the starting quarterback is, but I'm not announcing who the starting quarterback is. And talking about Florida State having that advantage because they already had that one game play. Just what do you make of this matchup and the, and the weird things that are surrounding it, too? Yeah, I think it's pretty stupid, to be honest with you, John, of not announcing a quarterback. And, and I get, you know, they're, they're trying to get some kind of advantage in it, but there's no film on LSU, so who cares who the quarterback is? They're still they're, they got to prepare for both anyway. And even if they came out and said Jaden Daniels, or even if they came out and said Garrett Nussmeyer, Florida State still got to prepare for the other one because just because he's a starter, heck, the starter could come out and throw a pick six, and then they just go with the backup anyway. So I I don't understand this logic. I think it's really dumb. Uh, I do think Florida State is at a little bit of an advantage. I know it's uh, was a was a garbage team that they placed. They, they played in, in week zero, and they beat the crap out of them. But uh, I, I think that does give Florida State a little bit of an advantage. And LSU, with so many new pieces, not only on the roster but in the coaching staff, if there's one game in the SEC that I'm kind of nervous about uh, the SEC winning, it, it's this matchup. Um, I'm not sitting here saying that LSU is going to lose the game for sure, 
but it would not fill me at all if Florida State wins this one. So we're already uh, dealing with overreactions based on some of the games that happened last week, and we know that overreactions happen after one game. So coming into this week of games, what SEC team needs to make the biggest statement? Mm, biggest statement. I pick South Carolina, and a lot of people are pointing to uh, this Georgia State matchup. Georgia State, a you know, solid Sun Belt team, whatever league they're in. They got hot at the end of the year, beating a bunch of nobodies. I get it. They beat Tennessee a couple of years ago. We have to say that, even though there's not a single player that played in that game that is going to be playing in this game. But uh, I think South Carolina does need to come out here and make a statement to your point, Joe, because they've got Arkansas next week. They've got Georgia the week after that. They just don't have time to, to kind of – I know it's a lot of new pieces, but they just don't have time to try to gel. It, it, they've got to be gelling by the end of this game because they've got probably the, the toughest two-game stretch in the country the next two weeks. Yeah, South Carolina is the one that obviously Arkansas is going to be focused on Cincinnati, but they're going to be really interested in seeing. I was a little surprised to see that South Carolina is only a 12-point favorite in their game, which I know spreads are made for different reasons and whatnot, but between like this, that just shocked me because I felt like South Carolina, people were thinking really good things about. I thought that it would be much higher than just a measly 12 points. Well, yeah, I started doing a my research on Georgia State, so they, they have won, they've won seven of the last eight. They, their quarterback was MVP of their bowl game. They bring back 141 starts on the offensive line. They bring back eight starters on defense. So they've got a lot of pieces, but and both running backs from last season that I think had 1,800 yards combined. So they've got a lot of pieces. But, again, you're talking about coming into the SEC. This ain't the Sun Belt. I'm not too worried about Georgia State. This game's a night game. This, this is one of the last games on Saturday night. This crowd is going to be good and liquored up. It's going to be loud in williams Bryce Stadium. I, I think South Carolina is just going to run right through Georgia State. Not a lot of expectations for Missouri. Is there any kind of problems that Louisiana Tech could present to Missouri? No, I don't think Louisiana Tech's just terrible. Uh, and I know Missouri's defense was terrible last year, too, but statistically, Louisiana Tech was even worse, and they're in a much, much, much weaker league. So uh, I think Missouri, uh, the, the point spread is, I believe, 20 points right now. I think that's that's about what we're looking at here. And, and unfortunately, uh, you know, these Thursday SEC games, I think we're getting a couple blowouts here with Tennessee and Missouri uh, beating Louisiana Tech and Ball State. I, I wish they put a little bit more interesting games here on Thursday, but Hey, I'm not going to complain about watching any football. I, I think Louisiana Tech's going to get killed. So, I mean, that's the thing is, like last week, you had Vanderbilt looking strong, beating Hawaii 63-10 to on the road. I mean, are the are the Commodores back, or are we going to start making that argument? <laughs> I, think, I think that was a case of uh, a lot of people underestimating how terrible Hawaii is because – uh, yeah, I, I give Vanderbilt uh, all the credit in the world. I put them number one in my SEC power rankings. Where everyone thought, you know, that was a joke more than anything, but people had a lot of fun with that. It is good to see Vanderbilt has taken those strides. Mike Wright, dynamic playmaker at the quarterback position. He could be a, a problem for some SEC defenses, but, yeah, yeah Vanderbilt's still got a long way to go to be competitive in the SEC. I've been saying all offseason, though, I do think they're going to win a conference game. Uh, I, I don't really know where that's going to come, but there's a couple candidates on the list, including maybe even Ole Miss, 
who I think Vanderbilt could potentially upset this year. As far as the breakdown in your rankings, um, Vandy, are are they ranked last, or, or would you have Auburn behind them? No, I got Vanderbilt number one right now, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> How can you argue with it? They got, they got the number one scoring offense in the country. And, uh, you know, it, those rankings are, are purely meaningless right now because we've just not seen out the other teams play. But, uh, like, hey, I'm going to give Vanderbilt their due respect and, and put them number one. But, yeah, in all seriousness, I, I coming into that, I had them below Auburn. But who knows? It could be a dumpster fire there with T.J. Finley on the plane. So, uh, yeah, Vanderbilt, look out. They could be rising to number 13 before you know it. <laughs> yeah, I want to go outside the SEC for just a little bit, too, because the big game that everyone is, is talking about, of course, is between Ohio State and Notre Dame, Ohio State number two, Notre Dame number five. You know, it's crazy because Notre Dame is a 17-point underdog in this game. I know it's in Ohio State. I know that there's a lot of uncertainty about Notre Dame because of the new coach and everything, but – like, do you think that this is going to be as much of a blowout of a 17-point game considering that Notre Dame is a top-five team? I just love the fact, John, that everybody's hyping up Ohio State. It seems like every year that, uh, you know, the analysts hype up Ohio State, they fail to live up to it. And then kind of when you when you don't think they're going to be as good as, as when they sneak up and get you at least nationally. So, no, I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, Notre Dame – I don't want to say pulls the outright upset, but I, I think that's got to be one of the, the easiest covers of the week. It certainly seems like everybody and, and anybody associated with that Notre Dame program, current and past, I mean, they just have uh, the nicest things in the world to say about Brian Kelly. It, it seems like they're, they're just, uh, you know, at a point where, I mean, we even got Lou Holt calling out Brian Kelly for some reason. Marcus Freeman's calling him out. Coach O's calling him out. Everybody and their mother's calling out Brian Kelly. So, I think Notre Dame is going to be a team uh, that, that plays with a little bit of an edge here. And, and I think maybe it's a four-quarter four ball game there. Well, let's dig more into how you feel about Ohio State. Now, people just assume Ohio State is going to be good every year because they seem to reload and replace the talent that's left. But you don't seem to think that they're going to be as good. You don't think they're going to get to the, the uh, college football four? Well, I mean, honestly, Joe, I don't study them enough to really – I don't even do a preseason top playoff picks. But last time I checked, they lost to Michigan. They lost to Oregon. Oregon was, you know, nothing special last year. And Michigan, I guess they were good. They made the playoff. But we saw what happened when they ran into an SEC team. It was just – it was like the JV team out there. So, no, I don't have respect for Ohio State. I don't care how many receivers they got. And they always have a quarterback that's touted. But – We'll see what he does. He, he tore up Utah. Again, you, I just told you Utah is kind of a joke. So, uh, no, I got no respect for uh, Ohio State being nationally elite. I, again, I think if, if they were in the West, they would be competitive with uh, with the SEC. But I, I don't think they'd run through this gauntlet like we've seen Alabama do, like we've seen Georgia do last season in the, in the SEC East. So you think it's going to be like – Alabama and Georgia again in the title game because like who else because everyone's talking about Ohio State being the biggest threat to Alabama because they're number one do you see some other team that is a bigger threat to Alabama this year oh uh, you know I mean I I can't get over these people that just think Alabama's just gonna walk through the season I mean last time I checked they have to go to Arkansas they have to go to Tennessee they have to go to LSU they have to go to Ole Miss 
Now, I understand LSU and Ole Miss, those are two wild cards. I think those teams could be very average, or they could be elite. I mean, Lane Kiffin's done a heck of a job down there in Oxford. Brian Kelly, I just got done trashing him, but, hey, he is the most accomplished coach LSU has ever hired, and that, that includes Nick Saban. He's got a better resume than Nick Saban when he took that job. So, who knows? LSU and, and Ole Miss could be formidable. And, again, Arkansas, I got them number two in the West. A&M, I don't have a, a ton of confidence in A&M, but if they get that quarterback solved, if Jimbo Fisher, you know, rediscovers how to coach college football at an elite level, they can threaten Alabama as well. So, no, I don't. I think it's wrong to just sit here and say, well, Alabama's bringing back the Heisman winner and Will Anderson because they lost two games last year and they nearly lost two or three others last fall. So, no, I, I don't think this is just Alabama and Georgia and the rest of the country. I was going to say maybe this is uh, Desmond Howard we're talking to right now, trying to have uh, Pittsburgh and A and M uh, and yeah, teams like that, and, and get into <laughs> Michigan. It's it's like you're going against the grain, man. But that's the thing that makes it about college football is a lot of times it's so consistent. Like you you can bank on Alabama, you can bank on Ohio State, you can bank on a Clemson or whatever it may be. But uh, you're, I will say you're one of the first people I've run into that. Uh, don't feel exactly so certain about Ohio State and Alabama being in the Final Four when everybody else feels pretty certain. Right. Well, I mean, how much fun is that, John? Just Let's just chalk it up. Why even play the game? You know what I mean? So, no, I want to see chaos. I want to see – I want to be entertained on Saturdays. I want to see some upsets. And I certainly think, again, Alabama, their offensive line is a train wreck. At least it was from the vast majority of last season. Every meaningful – receiver they have is gone from last year's team and I know they they went to the transfer portal but just because you add players to the transfer portal doesn't mean that it's going to work out for you so there is certainly flaws in Alabama's roster uh again I just they may win the SEC but heck they were picked to win the SEC last year and well they did win the the the, uh, SEC championship game but they lost the only one that matters and uh, I I think that could certainly happen again well Mike since we're talking about going against the norm, who could be some of those surprise teams that could kind of throw off what we're used to seeing in college football? Uh, I mean, again, I, I would go to Arkansas and A&M are the kind of the two that I'm looking at right now. That uh, Arkansas, I know, everybody just wants to look at the schedule. But you know what? Looking at the schedule in the preseason doesn't do anything for me either because – Going to BYU looks intimidating. What, what's that for 6-16? Six six uh, you know, again, LSU and Ole Miss, that looks formidable. But what if those teams struggle this year, which could certainly happen? And A&M, I mean, A&M's got a top-five roster. They just have a coach that has not been getting it done. He's not been developing quarterbacks, and they blame injuries and all that. Maybe it is injuries. What, what happens if Texas A&M, Haynes King is, you know, they're, they're calling him Johnny Manziel 2.0 down there in College Station. He's about the third quarterback they've compared to Johnny Manziel down there. But what if this is legitimately Johnny Manziel? Then A&M could be a factor. And then I'll throw one more wild card at you. This is a complete wild card, but I think the Florida Gators. I mean, all you hear about is, is Anthony Richardson and all this hype, and people keep calling him Cam Newton 2.0. I, I'm not ready to go that far, but I do have Florida number two in the SEC East. So I think they could, you know, again, master championship, that's that's too bold, but I think they could certainly be a wrench in some teams' uh, schedule, and, and maybe that's Georgia. 
Maybe this is the season of 2.0s. Cam Newton 2.0, Johnny Manziel 2.0, lots of 2.0s out there. But, hey, we know that it goes down this weekend, starting with the college football season. Mike, appreciate it, man. Enjoy the college football weekend, man, and we'll be catching up with you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.